And so now what we'll do, as the podium is moving, we'll invite Mufti Menkun to the stage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh. This is some very social distance seating that we are working with here. Alhamdulillah. How are you doing, Sheikh? How does it feel to be back in London? I can't hear you so clearly. I think it's the echo here, man. What did you say? How are you doing and how does it feel to be back in London? It feels amazing, mashallah. Awesome, doesn't it? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. I wouldn't have believed that we would be able to gather in this manner at this time of the year, especially with everyone holding their breath to see what announcements were to be made. We were prepared always to follow the rules anyway. So had there been any cancellations, what could we have done? Well, alhamdulillah, by the fadl of Allah and the grace of the Almighty, we were still allowed to go ahead because Alhamdulillah, you know what happened, right? MashaAllah. Well, Sheikh, we'll get straight into it, inshallah. So this game, as you know, some of the questions you played before can get quite personal. Others are a bit deeper. I think I've done two thirds of those questions. No, no, you haven't. You sure? Yeah, How many yeah. do you have in a pack? 100. Oh, no, no, I have, I've only answered about 10 yeah. so far. Don't worry, there's plenty more, Sheikh. So let's see. Oh, as always, the first question is quite personal, Sheikh. So you Allah forgive you, my brother. These personal questions give me away, man. Inshallah. Okay, Sheikh. This question, I've heard you talk about something similar before. The question says, tell me something about your father that you didn't appreciate until you became older. It is the same thing that I appreciated when I became older. The whip. I was beaten blue and green, subhanAllah. When I was young, I recall we had this, oh, I loved my father and I still love him to pieces. He's a role model. He's taught me a lot of what I knew very early on. I became a hafid with him and he dedicated a lot of time to us, even though we're nine siblings. But uh, at that particular time, corporal punishment was something that was never discussed. No one ever laid limits to it. So when I was young in, in 1800s, what happened is uh, that was the way things were done. I mean, you guys are laughing. Some of you are dinosaurs just like I am, inshallah. I, I mean 1900s, sorry. So I think that is one thing that I didn't appreciate. And later on, I felt and I still do feel that what molded me to what I am today is the discipline. Although nowadays, the methods of discipline are fine-tuned and mashallah they're much more advanced and I, I, I personally would not like anyone to be beaten as such but at the same time perhaps discipline by taking the phone away it hurts much more than a whip I think some of the kids would say just whip me but give my phone back you know that's what they would do perhaps am I right look they're all saying yeah ha huh? say that to the authorities they'll say no may Allah forgive us okay Sheikh, the second question, it says, one of Allah's names translates slightly to the subtle, al-latif. Do you remember a time in your life that kind of was subtly shaped? Something that reminded you of that name? Or can you give us some advice around the name, al-latif? 
You know, when I went through and I go through often the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just to ponder over them, and Al-Latif is something that comes up so often because every fine detail of your life planned by Allah, known by Allah, and He is in control of it. Even though He permits you and allows you to let things happen sometimes according to your choice, because that's the uh, sophistication of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On one hand, he knows what's going to happen. The other hand, he gives you the ability to do things within a certain capacity you can. I mean, if I want to, for example, jump up to this ring at the top that the lights are on, for example, as a human with the capacity I have, I already know I can't do that, right? But whatever Allah's given me the capacity to do, like to knock this thing down right now, if I were to get up and start kicking it, I would be able to do it, but I'm not going to do it because I'm not a fool. But at the same time, it's an Allah given capacity and I need to use it in the correct way. So because I'm going to sit here and just allow it to be in front of me, Allah already knew that. And Allah knew every detail. Allah knew that I was going to make it here today. He knew that we were all going to make it here today. But did he force us to do this today? The answer is no. He gave us the choice and we used it. But he knew that we were going to use our choice in a specific way. So Allah Almighty knows every detail. For example, the shoe that you have underneath it, the dust particles that are there, the Almighty knows exactly what they have. Let me give you one beautiful example, that of the virus. If you have the virus, you don't know. You can have a lateral flow test 10 times and it might just show negative and you still could have been positive. Who knows? But Allah knows, right? Allah knows and he is in control. And then you might have medication. Is it benefiting or not? Who knows? Allah knows. Sometimes the tests don't show, but Allah knows. So that is Allah. Intricate, you know, the, 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 the slightest, the smallest of detail is planned by Allah in the control of Allah and we just in awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You watch the little ant as it moves and you think to yourself when Allah says, وَمَا مِن فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْقُهَا وَيَعْلَمُ مُسْتَقَرَّهَا وَمُسْتَوْدَعَهَا Nothing that moves on earth except that Allah has made it a duty upon himself to provide for it. And Allah is the one who gave it its life and who shall take that life away, who provides for it, who takes away from it and so on. That is Allah Almighty. Nothing that moves except that it is provided for by Allah. So the smallest organism that you see, Allah created it, Allah knows about it, and Allah provides for it. And I always give an example to those who are complaining that, you know, I don't have a job, etc., etc. Yes, keep on calling out to Allah, correct. But remember, if Allah provided for the ants and the flies and the mosquitoes, we are far bigger than those. He's going to provide for us. He will, he shall, he did. And he's always given us. May Allah grant us goodness. Ameen. Ameen. Jazakallah khair, Mufti Mank. Uh, the next question says, it's a personal one again. How do you deal with pressure? 
Subhanallah, that's a beautiful question. Sometimes I, I don't like to talk to people when I'm under pressure. I like to get things done. I can give you a, a good example. When I'm done with my event, uh, I need a moment of silence because I, I need to just process what has happened. I need to unwind a little bit. And that's the reason why going to an event and coming back from event. When you're going to the event, there is a different type of uh, pressure. When you're leaving, there is a different type of perhaps not pressure, but a feeling. You know, you need to, you need to sort of uh, cool down a little bit. You need to process what has happened and you need to have the moment of silence. I mean, I'll be speaking for half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, concentrating while you're talking. You need to have concentration. You need to watch the faces. You need to see the reactions and you need to be quick enough to be able to react to something that's just happened in front of you at that time. And so I go alone. If you notice, I drive myself. I drive myself back. I don't like someone with me because I don't want to talk again to someone else. It's going to take away my concentration. And a lot of the times in my life, pressure has to do with getting things done. And so one thing with pressure is as much as I don't like to talk to people, I can get things done under pressure. If you tell me you've got to be here at five, or the flight is at five. I'm one of the only guys who there is an hour left and I'm still just leaving home. I'm talking of back, in, back home in Zimbabwe, not here. The airport is so far here. Back at home, the airport is 10, 15 minutes away. So I've already contacted the guys. I'm probably already checked in. Everything is ready. I just got to walk straight through. And what do I do? Last minute, I'm packing. And there are others who pack two days in advance, maybe a day in advance and everything is ready waiting with me. It is like that if I'm traveling with the family, but when I'm alone, it's a last minute thing. And it's not like I'm delayed. No, I left it for that time because I know I can do a better job under pressure than I would if I did it much earlier. May Allah forgive us. I mean, Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. I'm conscious of time because I want to talk to you a bit about Iman Academy. So the next two questions I'm going to combine because they're kind, they're fairly similar. So the first one, it says, what is the biggest small thing that you could do today? But then the next question says, what steps could you take today to get closer to Allah? So I'm going to combine them. I'm going to say general advice for all of us here. What small steps could we take today to get closer to Allah? Point number one, always bear in mind in your heart that I'm a Muslim. Just bear in mind, bear that in mind. No matter what you're doing, who you meet, you interact with, just bear in mind, I'm a Muslim. That would mean I have responsibilities, I have duties, I need to be upright, I need to convey this message of Islam without actually conveying it by mouth to begin with. What that means is someone just sees you, they must be so delighted by just looking at you and the way you carry yourself that they're already attracted to something that they may not understand initially what exactly it is. And the moment they interact with you a little bit more, they would figure out that's your faith that has driven you to be so calm, so collected, so beautiful, so kind, so loving, smiling all the time, or happy, should I say, because that's part of the deen of Allah. So as much as these are small things, this is something all of us can do. Bear in mind, you're a Muslim. There's so much that that holds. And this is why the next thing that I want to talk about, which is also connected to a small thing that you could do to make a big change, constantly seek the forgiveness of Allah, bearing in mind that Allah is most forgiving. We all make mistakes, we all sin, we sometimes we know, sometimes we don't. Seek the forgiveness of Allah and feel that you're forgiven. Feel that you're forgiven. 
The two come hand in hand because shaitan doesn't want you to seek forgiveness. And as soon as you do, he doesn't want you to feel forgiven. That's a very, very important point. Many of us, we seek forgiveness from a major sin. And then we feel like, no, I'm not forgiven. Maybe it was a bit too big. Or maybe was it that easy to actually be forgiven? To be honest with you, yes, it was. And yes, it is. And yes, it shall be right up to the end. I am always smiling at the story of Adam alayhi salam that Allah has repeated in the Quran where he was told not to do one thing only. And that's the exact thing they went to do. I mean, come on, I, I feel that if I was told not to do things, I doubt I would do all those things that I was told not to do. I might fall here and there, but not that badly, inshallah. However, why did that happen? The wisdom of Allah was to teach us that, listen, if you are to falter, you've got to pray back in the same way, seeking forgiveness that Adam alayhi salam did. What were the words they said? رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. If you don't forgive us and have mercy on us, we will be from among the losers. So forgive us and have mercy on us. Those were the words of Adam alayhi salam. Allah says, we forgave him. If you say the same words with a genuine feeling, you're forgiven. So that's something very important. As small as it might sound, it's a huge thing. Jazakallah khair mufti. So moving the discussion slightly on to seeking knowledge now, we, I'm, I'm kind of here representing Iman Academy. And my question to you simply, we, we explained Iman Academy a little earlier just before you came on uh, to the brothers and sisters here. And my question to you simply put is, why is something like Iman Academy so important? I think uh, it is an opportunity for us to learn tailor-made to our own timetable. So many of us are busy, we go to work, we have other duties, responsibilities, chores and so on. What Iman Academy uh, has achieved is to be able to give you a lesson a day at a time that you choose, at a pace that you would like to move on. And that's unique. So basically, at any time of the day, or even if it's once a week, for example, you listen to the lesson, you make sure you understand it at a time of your availability. And therefore, you are left with no excuse to say, no, but I'm busy. Just before you go to bed, you can have the 20 minutes, inshallah, that you can learn. And if you don't have 20 minutes, you can divide, you know, the, the session into 10, 10, 10 minutes. And you can cover it over a period of four days, for example. So gone are the days when we would say, look, I don't have someone to teach me. Well, here are the teachers on your phone. Secondly, I don't have the time. That's also an excuse because while you're you know, doing whatever you're doing during the day, you can make a little bit of time for this at your convenience, your place, your leisure. And that's something that makes it very, very important and unique. Allah is going to question us about knowledge and seeking it. This is basic. It's not so deep. It's actually entry level in the sense that you would enjoy it and you would have something with a chain of narrators that you could take within your system and from there improve inshallah on it and the sky is the limit. Jazakallah khair Mufti. So Mufti will be seeing more of you very shortly. You're going to be delivering your lecture here for our brothers and sisters. And uh, brothers and sisters, just to finish off the segment, we thought it'd be nice to show you a roundup, uh, a video to show an example of what you can get out of Iman Academy and from teachers like Mufti Menk teaching you guys live, on the, uh, uh, live and direct on the platform. So we'll turn your attention to that video now. Jazakallah khair Mufti for your time.
the Imam of all Imams, the greatest of creation, Prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam, the deen which he lived for. This is a question that was asked to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, O Messenger, tell me a little deed if I were to do, I would earn the love of Allah and the love of the people. Oh, you want the love of everyone, Allah as well as the people. Well, let's listen to what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in this regard. In order to do what? To achieve what? In order to guard their chastity, because when you look, it will drag you into the next step, which is you will love to touch. So let's meet, let's date, let's chat. The second verse, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is recited correctly. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is recited incorrectly. As you have found, once again, we have pronounced the Ha incorrectly. And we can use them to speak to maybe non-Muslims or Muslims that lack faith in the hereafter to give them more confidence and more reason to believe in it and inshallah for our own selves to create this kind of unshakable belief in the resurrection inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase us in knowledge. Let us begin our study. The beauty of studying online is that, you know, you're relaxed. You can go at your own pace, you know, whatever suits you. You know, as well as the advantage of being able to pause at any time, you can repeat the lectures as many times as you need. Kida is a, such a subject, whenever I study it, it fills my heart with Iman. Sometimes I'm into tears while studying that subject. Being a homemaker, a mother of two children and having my some professional work also, uh, the best thing is about this online portal whenever I have time. Iman Academy portal has been designed in a very systematic way. When I make dua now, I call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using his beautiful names, which I have studied in the Akida unit. They go into great detail into the topics that they are going to explain about, and they also always make sure they always quote verses from the Quran. I recommend Iman Academy to literally anybody, but especially the youth, because it can help them to understand Islam better and change their ways and to become closer to Allah for the sake of Him. When I tried to teach what I learned, I started a class in my city, my area where I live. Whatever I study from this class, I share with the students. To see the passion and vigor they have in terms of what they're teaching, um, and it really makes me feel at peace when I'm learning and you know I'm free to take in as much as I can and I don't have to worry about um, anything else are you looking for a way to deepen your faith whether you're a student working busy with the family or finding it too costly iman academy is available on demand to study in your own time with over 120 hours of beneficial content across six subjects taught by qualified instructors such as mufti menk and dr muhammad salah would you like to give it a go imanacademy.tv